Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 55 of Reality of the Rose. I'm your host, Natalie Sprink. Well, here we are again. I feel like I was just here recording an episode and it was because I was just two days ago. So I am in much better time fashion for this episode. I just finished watching it and um, right here recording my episode two recap of Rachel and Gabby's season. Overall, I felt, let's see, what is my overall thoughts? Overall, I felt like it was pretty good. I have some cringy moments. Um, I don't believe we're seeing Ethan enough. I'm sorry, Ethan. I, maybe it's coming yet. Made me a little nervous that he was going to get a rose, but spoiler, uh, second to last one. Um, we're getting a lot of the same people getting screen time. There's a bunch of them that aren't getting any because there was a couple guys tonight that got roses that I was like, who? And anyway, a couple that went home too, I guess I kind of recognize them, but you have this every season where there's definitely guys that get like zero screen time. So I, um, you know, there's their favorites. Um, we had a villain, but man, did he get kicked off quick tonight? Um, so I'm curious who the next villain is because they definitely have not started prepping him yet. They have not shown us an obvious villain besides they won. They kicked off immediately the same night. So, um, curious to see who that's going to be. Cause we know it's going to be somebody. We got lots of producer moments here in my opinion. Um, but let's get into it. How about that? All right. So tonight segment one starts and the girls are talking about having 29 guys left and like they only felt like they talked to half. So I was wrong on the last episode. I thought there was 30 guys and there was actually 32. They kept saying this is the most ever. They said that several times in the last episode, which um, according to Game of Roses is not true. Apparently there was a season where there were more. Um and that there was another season where there was 32. And then there was another season just recently. I think Katie had 31. So, I mean, when they act like there's so many guys to choose from, in actuality, there's really, I mean, if you're talking pure numbers, yeah, but you got two bachelorettes. So I would sure hope that you would have a lot of guys because you have two of them. So technically there's only, you know, 16 per guy, per guy, per girl. Um, so I don't know why it's such a big deal that they have 32. Ooh, it's one more than Katie season. Boy, you really got them there. All right. So they have 29 guys left after the last episode. Um, then it's, this is what's so funny to me is because, um, you know, I, I don't know how dumb they think we are, honestly, the, 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 the writers, the producers, because if they think that we actually think that Gabby and Rachel plan these dates and organize them, I, I mean, who believes that? Does anyone think that that's what happens? And I don't care if they don't. Why, why is that some big, like, what you mean? They don't actually plan the, that ruins it. I'm not watching it anymore. I don't, I don't care playing the hell out of them. It's a TV show. That's what you're supposed to do for the TV show. All right. So they're sitting there, um, talking about it. So it's raining and they're like, Oh my gosh, I wanted to get to know the guys better. And I was wanting to find some way where we could see a lot of like a lot of their skin and a lot of, you know, a lot of their chests and muscles and stuff. And, you know, like I'm all about 
you know, women's rights and all that. But honestly, if that were the reverse and there was two bachelors and they're like, you know, I wanted to get, I wanted some way to get them into swimming suits because man, I want to see some tits and ass. You know, I feel like that would be frowned upon uh, in general. I feel like that. But so that it's okay for the girls to say that, I feel like it's a bit of a double standard. I mean, you know, who doesn't like a nice chest and arms, but I'm just saying it's a little bit of a double standard. So anyway, they're talking about how they'd like to see, um, you know, some more skin. <laughs> anyway, so um, they're like, but it's raining. So man, we can't have a pool party. What do we, what should we do? What can we do instead? Let, let's decide. Let's decide, Gabby. Oh, no, I no, that's not how it works. The, the first group date or whatever it was, was going to be a pageant from the get go. Like from, from, from weeks before that it was planned. So no, I don't believe that they planned the pageant date. All right. But okay. Let's for the show say Gabby and Rachel. Sure. You decide to have a pageant. Um, anyway, so then they cut, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So they cut to the, um, the mansion and they're talking about how, because there's so many men that they don't have enough beds for all of them. So I'm gonna, I'm kind of curious if that was true. Um, they're just like making them sleep on couches, which I, you know, maybe it is true. Cause I have heard in some interviews about how they talk about how the mansion's not really what it's all cracked up to be and how they do have to cram a bunch of them in like one bedroom and how there's only like three bathrooms or something. So maybe it's true, but they show the guys like sleeping on couches and sleeping here and there and everywhere. Um, Another good question for Ethan. Um, so they're talking about that. And then we get it, our first shot of Ethan. He says he, he wonders, he wonders about the first, about the group date, whether it's going to be a separate group date for each of them, or if it's all one group date. Good question. Um, so then the girls come in to the guys, of, of course, holding hands as they do. Um, and then they say that they thought, of a date and they thought of the pageant. Okay. So all the guys are like, Oh, okay. What, what? Cause they, you know, the idea is a good one producers because then you get to ask them questions. They get to perform a talent. You know, you can see some of their humor, you know, you can see their abs, you know, whatever. So, um, or, or, or one thinks they may see their abs, but we don't know that. But, but, but here comes Rachel and Gabby. They have a gift for each of them. They each are carrying a gift bag and it's for all of them. So we know it's not big. It's going to be a small gift. And sure enough, it is. They are various colors of Speedos. Very cute. So I wonder what the first reaction was to that. Well, we saw their first reaction. Um, it was funny, but <laughs> wow. So this is what we call a forced nudity date. Uh, because the men are forced to basically get naked so much so that each one of them had a black box in front of their, in their frontal area. When, uh, when they were having the pageant, every single one of them had big black box. It was a big black box. So that's good. That's good. That wasn't a little black box. Um, all right. So what I, this is another question I, that I have to ask if I ever do get to talk to Ethan, they, um, then, so after they all put their speedos on, they show them all in their rooms doing pushups. I'm not sure why the speedo requires an instantaneous pushup, but apparently it does because we see many of them doing pushups and all simultaneously together doing pushups. Now I'm just going to venture a little bit out and I'm going to say, 
you know what? I bet the producer said, hey, guys, um, why don't you all get down there and I'll do push-ups? This will be a great shot. No one will suspect a thing. I'm, I'm just guessing that that, that was, that was producer-initiated, not men-initiated. So, yeah. Um, so they go into the pageant area where all the guys are sitting. They have robes on. They're all robed up at this point. And Jesse comes in and he says um, that they are going to get a prize. And the prize is going to be a special after party um, with Gabby and Rachel. Now, at this point, I'm wondering who is the judge? Well, I guess obviously Rachel and Gabby are the judges. Um, so we get Logan chosen to go first by Jesse. Segment one ends, segment two begins. So we are the, the girls <laughs> joking because Logan is the first one to take off his robe. And I don't know if you know, I'm curious, is it because he was just the first one and that Speedo is so small and tight and that, that little package there was a little bit like, like of a surprise or if his, the black box that had to cover it was larger than they expected, or if it was just that it was the first one they're like, whoa, but like <laughs> Gabby was like, couldn't look for, <laughs> they couldn't help but look like, how could you not look? But then I was paying attention and I was trying to, to see if like they would be looking at him while he was talking or if they would just be like looking eye level, you know, like, cause he was standing on a platform and it was funny because I definitely felt like Gabby had to force herself to look into his eyes. Like, don't look, don't look down, don't look down, don't look down, don't look down, look anywhere but down. Um, so, um, Logan does the worm as his talent and um, it was funny. It was funny. I thought his was funny. It was cute, funny, whatever. Then, so they spent more time on Logan as the first one. And I guess, well, yes, he was the first one because Jesse says, Logan, you go first. <laughs> so there you go. I just put two and two together. Um, then they quickly go through a bunch of other guys and like, they just, you know, show a couple seconds of each of them and every again, a couple seconds of that black box every time. Um, then the next one that they spend some time on was Quincy, <laughs> which I felt like, I felt like this had to be funny to watch because it was like in real life, because it was quite funny to me to watch because um, he does like, I can't tell you, it looks like he has some kind of green, they weren't suspenders, but they were like, like look like they were supposed to be suspenders. But I, I'm assuming he took his Speedo and like made it into a thong and made it very, very, very skimpy because like he definitely got big black box on his ass and big black, big, big black box on his front. And um, he would clench. Like he would turn and face his ass to them and he would clench. <laughs> and in just in case that you want a visual, I'm clenching as I'm, as if you can see me clenching, I'm clenching back. And then he turns to the front and he like, like makes muscles, you know, with his arm and clenches. Again. <laughs> it was funny. Um, so that was good. Good job, Quincy. Uh, and I, I mean, everyone was, cracking up including the girls and jesse and but actually jesse was really funny during this he kept like <laughs> making comments like oh my god like oh what am i watching why am i watching this why am i sitting here watching this oh can can this can this stop it, it, his his commentary and narrating was quite funny actually um 
so then we get Ethan. Ethan's, um, we always saw was a quick talent portion, obviously, but he was wearing a yellow boa. So clever. Um, and then he like, I don't know what it was. It was white. It looked like a marshmallow, but it couldn't have been. Maybe it was whipped cream. I don't know what the hell he did, but he had looked like it was like sitting on his hand or his wrist area. And he like popped, like hit his arm and popped whatever was on his wrist up in the air. And then he caught it in his mouth and he caught it actually did catch it in his mouth and everyone cheered really hard. So good job, Ethan. You got a good cheer from everybody. Um, then we get more funny commentary from Jesse. Then we get meatball. And of course his nickname is meatball. And he says at the end in the tag that his nickname is meatball. So I'm going to assume that they're like legitimately lip. Hello, legitimately calling him meatball because even when they gave him the rose in the end, they said meatball. <laughs> so I'm going to have zero clue what his name is anymore because I'm, it's just meatball, but like he literally, you know, references meatballs in every effing thing he talks about. So this is what he did. His talent. I, I guess you call it a talent. It's not a talent. It's, I could do this. I, anybody can do this. He took a jar of spaghetti sauce and just poured it all over himself. Yes, you heard me right. Just just poured it right all over himself. That, not sure if that was supposed to be like some sexy spaghetti sauce. And I'm not sure even, I don't, I don't know. So, but of course it had to do with like meatballs, spaghetti sauce, and everyone was grossing out. Jesse really had funny commentary doing that. It was like, oh my, ew. And people were holding their nose because it's like a whole jar of spaghetti sauce poured on a person. What? Um, strange, but okay. So he does that. Um, and then, then they talk, like they have the girls kind of ITMing in the background about like, you know, getting to know some of them. And they again, talk about how there's bound to be some overlap. So they're just setting us up here for, you know, the obvious, obvious conflict that's going to come about that there's going to be overlap. And, and again, the producers leave this verbiage in there because it's going to happen, you know? So every time they're going to talk about overlap, it's definitely going to air because it's definitely going to happen. So, uh, then we get Chris up at, on huh? who we get Chris's turn and he, um, what does he do? He does shoot. He does something kind of funny. But then he, um, but then he sings to each of them and, um, like kind of like this, like made up song. And it was terrible. <laughs> it was like, it was not good. It was bad. But what was really funny to me was when they like ITM him, like talking about singing to them, it like had his name and then under it and like set of his occupation, what do they call that? Like, uh, Ugh, there's a name for it, but they said tone. It was just tone deaf. <laughs> it was just like job description was just like Chris tone deaf. Um, all right. So then we end that that's end of segment two. And then we head into segment three. Um, the, the, so the pageant's over and the guys are all back at the mansion and, um, the, like, I guess the like winning the ones that won that pageant, the day card comes with the ones that whatever, however you want to say that. Um, so then we get our next shot of Ethan. He gets a shot on the couch as they're talking about the guys that are going on the group date. It's just a shot. <laughs> no lines, but we're, we're counting the, uh, 
we're counting the moments that we see the person that we know on the screen, screen time for Ethan. So, um, then they read off the, oh no, not yet. Then they go to the girls and they're having another girl talk. I don't even remember why I just made this note because it was another freaking girl talk. And I, I'm going to get tired of these forced girl talks because it's clear that they're, it's, it's clear that they're all dressed up ready for the date. And it's clear that they're like, okay, girls, I'll sit down and have a talk like a, like a true talk, be best friends, be best friends and have this talk about, you know, again, being excited, being afraid, being like, whatever. Okay. So they did it again. Um, then they cut back to the mansion and they choose only six, which kind of shocked me that they only chose six for this group date. And because it seems like this would be a perfect time. It would be a perfect time to get to talk to them longer. Um, so it seems like they could have added a few more in there just so that they had more time with the guys. Right. So, uh, I did not even write down who they all chose. That was dumb. Why didn't I write that down? Whatever. I didn't write it down. But Johnny's one of them. And so they arrive at, I guess, Rachel and Gabby's house. They have a house. And Johnny tells Rachel right up front, basically, that he has more of a connection with Gabby. Ouch. Like, ow. Ah, that had to hurt a little because that was the first time she heard it. And uh, she takes it very well. I'll give her that. She takes it quite well, but I'm assuming, you know, and again, you don't know how much was edited out. Maybe they had like a whole 15 minute conversation before he said that, who knows, but either way. Um, so that's out on the table. Johnny's definitely more into Gabby. Um, but we already can see that like Rachel's like, she takes it well to his face, but obviously to the camera and her ITM and like they're, you know, she's like, you know, that hurt a little bit, um, whatever. Then Rachel starts talking about how they show her with like every other guy, like every other of the five, like five guys. And, and she says, it feels like they're all just making small talk with me. Well, then she finally gets to talk to Logan and he is complimenting her like crazy and tells her that he thinks she's brave. And then they kiss and, and there's this like, her one connection, I guess, out of the six that she has, but then, but then hold the phone. Don't get your hopes all up because then he goes and talks to Gabby. Logan does. And yep. He also kisses her. And I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, Logan was the one on last, the first episode that also like was the first to kiss them both, I believe. So, um, so they kiss too. And they both ITM that they like him and have a connection with him. Um, then they show us that there are two roses on the table for them to give away. So they each are going to be giving away a rose. And then they have another girl talk where um, Gabby talks about how she kind of liked Logan, how they had a good connection. And then Rachel was like, real quick, like, um, can I tell you something? Me, Because cause Gabby didn't say she kissed Logan. But Rachel's like, can I tell I, me and Logan kissed and Gabby handles that very well. Like, oh, okay. So she did not have to one up Gabby. I mean, she didn't one up Rachel. Good job, Gabby. And she doesn't say, well, so did I, so did I, she just lets her have her moment. She ITMs about how she can tell that Rachel really likes him, but that it kind of made her heart sink because she likes him too. But that apparently not enough that it was worth it to 
quote unquote, take him away from Rachel, I guess. So, um, and like Gabby is like, oh, so he's your type and, you know, do you like him? And Rachel's like, yeah, he really is. Okay. So then Rachel's like, but you know, like if you like him, like it's totally okay. And Gabby's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you noticed that Gabby, Gabby says, yeah, a lot. Yeah. 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 She says, yeah, quite a bit, but I'm a forgiver because everything else is good. I like Gabby. Sorry. I like Gabby better than Rachel. I just, I'll talk about that later, but she does say, yeah, a whole lot. And a lot of times she says, yeah, even before the sentence is over. So, okay. Um, so then they say, so it sets it up, but Rachel does give Logan the rose and, um, Gabby gives it to Johnny. So, um, she ITMs that she's giving Rachel the space with Logan because it's just not worth it to like, like fight over him. Cause I guess she doesn't like him enough to do that. Um, but I don't know, like when she, when Rachel gives the rose to Logan, it just feels like so many of her moves feel like forced. I don't want to say fake, but kind of, it's like not really fakes, but it just feels forced. Like she's trying to be a certain way because she's on TV. Like, I feel like she's very aware of the cameras and I don't feel that way as much about Gabby. I don't know. That's the best way I can explain it. All right. So end of segment three, start segment four. Um, Jesse comes into the mansion with the guys and he has the first one-on-one -on -one date and there's going to be, he announces there's going to be, there's going to be two. And he says, then he's like, um, we'll see you at the rose ceremony. If there is one. Okay. Jesse, like, like you don't know. Oh, like it was like, he, like he made it slip. We'll see you at the rose ceremony. Oh, wait. If there is one, because I don't know. I don't know anything. This is all up to Rachel and Gabby. It's all their show. So I don't know. I just forget I said that. Um, Jordan B gets the one-on-one -on -one with Rachel. And um, he's the race car driver. So, of course, they are getting into a car. That's this old convertible. So very appropriate, right? I guess. It's, they both have four wheels. I don't Whatever. Um, of course, Rachel gets to drive. And when they have the camera on her driving, I was like, oh my, quit laughing so hard. You are going to wreck because her hair was blowing in her face. And apparently that was freaking hilarious that her hair was blowing in her face because she, she was laughing so hard at that and nearly killed them in a car crash by the hair and the laughing. So you need to just calm down a bit. You're going to kill everybody. All right. So, um, they pull up to an airplane and we find out they're going to do an exact, exact repeat date. That was from Nick Vile's season. And I believe it was actually his date with Vanessa where they go into a zero gravity plane and the plane takes off and I have no idea how it works. They turn the gravity off, <laughs> whatever. And they just are floating around in the airplane, which actually looks super fun. I'd love to try that. Although when Nick and Vanessa went on the date, Vanessa got super sick. And like, they had to like stop and she was like very sick, um, which I could maybe see myself getting sick, but it looks so fun. Um, but again, I know you'll never guess, but Rachel like laughs the whole time and she cannot stop laughing. She, I don't even know her personality because all she does is laugh. I guess she just is, I, yeah. Um, they, 
she even laughs. She was like, when they were laying there ready for it to start, she looks over and she says, um, are you scared? And he's like, yes. And then she just laughs. I'm like, that, that's not really that funny. I kind of <laughs> concerning. So, um, but uh, she did quit laughing enough for them to kiss while they're floating around the air. So that was good. Uh, then we have, then we, then we start in with the villain edit. This is the last little part of segment four. So we have Chris and he's with like three, four, five guys. And he starts talking about the fantasy suites. And basically he's saying that, um, if I go to the fantasy suites, then, and they sleep in wh whoever, whichever one of them sleeps with the other guys and like I'm last and she sleeps with the other guys, then I'm out. Like I'm leaving, but I'm not going to, basically I'm not going to tell her why I'm leaving. I'm just going to leave because that's just not a person I want to be with if they're sleeping with everybody else. And the guys were like, what? Like, of course, all the other guys are like, what, what, why would you say that? Like, which I agree. It's, it's a little presumptuous of nothing else to assume you're, cause he keeps saying like, and I'm going there and I'm going to make it to the point. I'm going to make it to the fantasy suite. So that was in the segment four. So we cut to segment five and we have the nighttime portion of the one-on-one -on -one date. And, um, I'm already thinking, you know, what, 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 what's going to be our PTC, uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the PTC term, it's the personal tragedy card. And, um, it is what is played at every single nighttime portion of the one-on-one -on -one date. You have to have a PTC, meaning some kind of tragedy card. It can be a horrible tragedy card. Like, um, oh, who did Tasha end up with? Zach. Zach's, wow. His was like a six-part one. He had definitely a personal tragedy, many to talk of. And then there was Quincy's. <laughs> Not Quincy. There was, um, what's his name? What's, what? <laughs> Jordan. There was Jordan's. Um, it was not is little week, but you have to have one. You have to have some kind of like little tragedy or something, something that like quote unquote forms the person you are. So either which way though, he, we are like going, okay, what's his PTC going to be? Um, but then we cut to, uh, back to the mansion. We're back on the Chris thing with the comments about the fantasy suite and Quincy. It seems like it's a, maybe a slightly different set of guys. And so Quincy is there and he's calling out Chris on his comments um, it's clear they're setting him up, Chris, as the villain here. Um, and then there's, is it Hayden? Pretty sure it's Hayden. I swear to God, he looks just like grocery store Joe. Like, like totally brothers, right? I mean, very much alike. Um, he's there. That's why I mentioned it. But so much like grocery store Joe. Uh, speaking of that, he and Serena had their Maybelline commercial again tonight. I didn't get to see it in the first episode, but I saw it tonight, which is kind of cool. I guess that's pretty cool. Maybelline's a pretty big, geez, that's pretty good. Sponscon, Sponscon, Sponcon. Um, okay. And so they, okay. So I guess this is when they ask Chris, like, would you, would you bring this up to the girls? Like, would you, so basically you're telling us that if they, she, if they would sleep with anyone else, that's like an ultimatum, um, for them. And that, you know, you would, not accept that. And he's like, well, I wouldn't tell them. And they had a, they had a hard time with that, which I, 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 I agree with. Um, but the, and I forget who, who said this, but he said, um, man, if you go to the fantasy suites though, you're in love. 
And then Chris says, no, it's not, it's not, you're not, it's because you've made it to the final four. And I just have to say that he's not wrong here. Um, like I, this is my problem with the show a little bit because I know you're in this bubble and you're like, this is your whole focus in life is on these two girls. So I understand that things can happen and your mind goes places that it, it probably wouldn't if you had all of the outside distractions with you. Okay. And I know that they all are saying, I love you by the end, but I don't care in a normal world, 90% of the time when you've known someone for what is this six weeks that this show is filmed, you aren't necessarily in love with them when you go to the fantasy suite. I mean, you're not, I mean, come on when that that's an exaggeration. If he says, if you go to the fantasy suite, you're in love. No. And I kind of agree with Chris on this. If you make it, it, it is because you made it to the final four, but technically it's a final three. It's not the final four. It's a final three, or it usually is a final three. So but it is, I mean, you're, if you're going to the fantasy suite with the person, it's because you're left because there's not been very many people who haven't like have, have rejected the fantasy suite from the bachelor bachelorette. The only one that did was Susie. And we know why that was. And we know the producer set her up totally. And she left. Um, but we also see that Clayton and Susie are not together. So I'm just saying that the whole fantasy suite stuff is part of the show. It's not because you're in love. Okay. So just have to clear that up that, 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 that's my thinking. And I have to cut this short cause I'm almost at my 30 minutes. So I will be right back. Okay. I'm back. Um, I also had a thought while that was processing, um, you know, there's so many edits in this and we never absolutely know how long these conversations are. And like when Gabby and Rachel have these, um, girl talks and stuff. And I said that Gabby didn't, um, tell her that she kissed Logan. I wonder if she did, but they edited it out for the sake of the conversation and for the sake of Gabby going there. I'm not saying that Gabby was like, well, so did I, but, um, do you know what I mean? I guess it doesn't matter. I just happened to just that crossed my mind as I was waiting for that 30 second, uh, portion to, um, uh, to upload. So yeah, here we go. So where was I? We're, oh yes. About ha- that. Chris wasn't necessarily wrong about that. Okay. So that, that's my feelings on that. Um, I feel like neither of them I don't think that they're all in love when they go to the fantasy suite. Let's just put it like that. They might like, that might be the moment they declare, I love you or whatever. But I, I also think that they don't really know at that point that they actually do actually love that person. I believe that this show very much urges slash forces you to get to that point where you say, I love you because that's the format of the show. If you're not saying I love you by the end of the show, it's a failure, That that's just how it is. I mean, the words are expected, um, by the end of the show. So, okay, enough about that. So then Rachel, they cut back to Rachel to their nighttime portion. And, um, she randomly asks him about his siblings. Like, well, I guess that's not random. I guess that's probably a legitimate question, but it seemed, ironic that this leads right into his, uh, PTC. So, um, apparently his, 
parents got divorced when he was 13 and he was the oldest. So he kind of had, he took pride in the fact that his parents like had been married for, you know, at least till he was 13. And (laughs) sorry that it's not funny. I'm not minimizing being divorced, but Jesus, like they 50% of the you know, if the statistics are correct, 50% of the guys there have divorced parents. So I, whatever, but that was his PTC and that he, because he was oldest, he kind of like had to take charge. And I don't really know why, cause it's not like they, it didn't say like, um, you know, my parents got divorced and then they both abandoned us and I had to take care of my two siblings. I it's whatever, but he says that that formed him and that he was just like, had to be like the older brother. Well, that's cause you were, um, and then he's like, but you know, things don't always go as planned. (laughs) Wow. That's deep that, you know, that I, I guess if you learn that that's, that's good. So not the best PTC, not, not minimizing it, but kind of M, <laughs> not the best PTC ever, but th- that means he had a good life. That means that besides that divorce, which I'm sure I know my parents have not divorced. I don't know what it's like, but I, but I am a stepmom, So I know that divorce is not easy. So that's not minimizing it. I'm just saying for PTC sake, it was a little weak. All right. Um, then it just was getting awkward. You feel it was awkward. And um, she thanks him for sharing, touches his knee. <laughs> That's a bad sign. Touches the knee and says, thank you for sharing. And then says, can I have a minute? <laughs> it's like the worst segue ever. Thank you so much for sharing, touching the knee. Uh, can I have a minute? <laughs> I'm going to just go over here. You know, when the lead leaves, it's never a good sign. She's never going over to the producer to go, oh my God, I am in love. I just couldn't sit at that table any longer. I had to come over and tell my producer how much in love I am. I That's just all I, all I needed to do. Okay, now I'm going to go back to the table again. So, you know, that's not going to happen. Um, so yes, she goes to a producer and they have her like, you get to see the producers back and she says, she just feels so bad. And she says, I just don't know. And the producer says about him. And she was like, yes, Ooh, cliffhanger, cliffhanger segment ends. segment five ends. segment six begins. So, um, we go back to the mansion and we learn that Gabby, the guy, the next one on one day card comes and we learn that it is with Nate. So Gabby's one-on-one is with Nate. Um, cut back to Jordan. He's still waiting <laughs> for her to talk to her producer. And uh, we see her talking to the producer about how she's so confused. And she goes on and on to the producer. I'm like, God, make your own decision. First of all, this is so uh, This is so weird and awkward to me because why, why do you have to get up from the table and go and talk to a producer about your feelings. I feel like that's so, such a weird, like phenomena. And I know it's a show, but like, if you're supposed to believe this is at all real, shouldn't you handle this on your own? And if you don't feel it, then suck it up and just not feel it and don't give them the rose. Did you have to have the producer convince you? No, don't give them the rose. Or did you have to have him validate you? That's not a good thing because then you're giving the producer who already has way too much control, even more control. This part just really bothered me that she did this. It just seems so like, um, unauthentic. Is that a word? Um, 
you know, I just, it, it irked me. It really irked me. So finally she goes back and no freaking surprise. Um, she doesn't give him the rose, but then I'm like, wait a second. So does each one on one day like determine who gets that rose? So this is what I'm curious about. So what if Gabby was like, Oh, I kind of like Jordan though. So leave him here. So maybe I can get to know him longer. How does that work? Or when she picks him as a one-on-one in the, like, that's the kind of stuff I want to see when you're picking the one-on-one, are you telling, are you telling Gabby, okay, I'm going to go with Jordan. And Gabby's like, that's fine. And if you don't give him the rose, I don't really like him either. So just send him home. It's fine. You know what I mean? But like, okay, say this again. That's why I wonder how much of this also these one-on-ones are a little bit producer influenced because if they really want to make it interesting, what they should have done is have Rachel pick Logan as her first one-on-one because we know, and you know, the producers, we already know this and we, we know the producers know that they both like Logan. So why not then say, have her go with Logan. And if she wouldn't like him after the one-on-one, we know Gabby still does. So then shouldn't you keep Logan for Gabby's sake? You get what I mean? I, this is confusing for me. So, but he doesn't, he just, she walks him out and she announces how they were supposed to have this private concert with, I don't know if they're country singers, but they seem like country-ish singers. It's a, man and a woman and they're singing and like who so you guys still get to play but there's no one there's no one dancing like there normally is you just are playing to nobody <laughs> you're playing to nobody how's this working so it's such a weird dramatic scene for like the first guy to go home on a one-on-one i mean there's freaking 28 guys left 29 guys left And they're making this like such a big goodbye. So they have the two people playing the music. And then in the background, she's putting Jordan in the car and she's so upset. And she's walking around the sidewalk, like looking up and down. And oh, she's just, oh, she feels so bad having to send him home. Not saying she doesn't feel bad, but it's like so dramatic. How is she going to be by the end? Well, I think we see. Then they even show Gabby like sitting in bed, like deep in her thoughts. We get, we get that little camera shot. And then we get the singers again. And it's like this whole, it's whole, it's whole scene for the first goodbye. Oh, calm down. All right. So that ends segment six. And then we get to segment seven. And guess what we're having? Guess what we're having? Yes, we are having another girl talk. Ooh. Um, and I just would was like waiting, like when she, because so Rachel tells her that she sent Jordan home. And I it would just be so funny if Gabby's like, wait, what? Why did you send him home? I, I was kind of into him. Like what? I, it didn't happen. Um, but then we have Nate, like, like getting ready and we find out he has a daughter. I, or at least I think this is the first we find that out. I don't think that we knew he had a daughter before now. Um, but it, oh my gosh, he like cries when he starts talking about her. And I, I swear I got tears in my eyes. It was like a legitimate real cry. So I'm really liking Nate, not because he has a daughter, but I just feel like I like him because he's, seems like super nice and kind and just like, like, like real. He doesn't feel like he's necessarily putting on for TV, you know? So I'm like a Nate. Um, so he comes to their house and Gabby answers the door, but what's also weird here, there's this is such weird things that are happening that I feel like it's either bad producing or it's, 
oh, I don't know. But like, so Rachel's just like in the kitchen. So they walk in the kitchen. She's having coffee in the kitchen, coffee, or she has a coffee mug at least. And she's just sitting there, no makeup on or anything. And, and they're like, oh, hey, oh, hey, what's up? Oh, hey, I'm in this one-on-one date with this guy that's all supposed to kind of be your boyfriend, but I'm on the one-on-one date with him. So, hey, what's up? And then Gabby's like, you want some champagne? She says it to um, Nate. And then she says to Ray, do you want some champagne? And she's like, sure, sure. I, let me take a drink of my coffee first and then, then I'll take the champagne. And why are y'all having champagne together? It's <laughs> not a, a two on one date. I, I, okay. So, um, they had their champagne and then they walk out into the little, um, balcony and they kiss like right away they kiss. And then they look on and guess what's coming. It's a helicopter. Helicopter flies in because of course there's a helicopter pad right next to this mansion. So the helicopter comes. I don't know if Nate really was surprised, but he certainly put on a good show if he wasn't because that he was shocked when he saw the, I don't know why he was though. Cause there's literally a helicopter on every single show. And if he saw the helicopter pad down there, he had to put two and two together, but let's just say he was shocked. Um, so they get into the helicopter as Rachel looks on. <laughs> I, okay. I just, it's weird. Um, but then the helicopter, of course, and this is another question I'm going to have to write down and ask Ethan if I get to talk to him, but the helicopter supposedly flies by the mansion. Well, and I'm not saying it doesn't, but how do, like, did they do a flyby and they're just like within six feet so that they all can look out and wave and go, oh, yes, look into that helicopter. That is Gabby and Nate. How the hell do they know that that's Gabby and Nate just because it's a helicopter driving by? Like, I guess you're on The Bachelor and they do that every time. But I, that's not what it is. The producers go, hey, guys, go on the balcony because Gabby and Nate are going to fly by in a helicopter. So act like you just know that. Because they fly by and they're like, oh, look, those are like rubbing salt in the moon. There they are in the helicopter. How, you don't, how do you know that? So I'm going to ask that question. Like, did the producer say, go do this? Was that all set up so that you could wave at them? And if it is set up, I think that's weird because why, why is that something you include in the document? in the show? Sorry, I'm Gamma Rose is talking here. Why do you include that in the show? Because it happens every single show. And I don't know, it's who cares if the guys see, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like it's promoting conflict. It's not promoting love. It's promoting conflict because they want to, that is, it, it is like rubbing salt in the wound, in the wound because you, you know, ha ha ha, I'm in a helicopter with the lead and you aren't. Okay. Um, and so then, <laughs> then they land in this like parking lot. And what do you know? Right, right, right next to the parking lot. Like I'm telling you the pavement ends and there's like the ditch. What looks like a ditch. I don't know. And, but there's also a hot tub there. So like they don't even have them walk down this cute little path to this nice little landing that looks out over. It's like literally they step off of the parking lot pavement into the hot tub. I mean, like, <laughs> I thought maybe they could. Yes, I snorted. Did, did, can they like land in a grassy area? At least have it like not be like right a stepping off like, oh, this is pavement's hot. Oh, good. Okay. Now we can be in the hot tub. What? <laughs> this made me laugh. 
which also ended segment seven. So now we have segment eight and it's the nighttime portion of the date with Nate. And, um, and his PTC was that he has a daughter, which to me was, it's not a tragedy card, obviously it's like a, but it's a big thing. Um, like, you know, that he has a child. So, so this definitely qualifies as a PTC, even though it's not a tragedy. So that's his PTC. He has a Dodger, a Dodger, a Dodger daughter. And, um, he actually, like Gabby actually legitimately cries when he was talking about how much he loves her and misses her. And she got a legitimate tear run down her eyes. And then I forget her exact story with her mom. Um, but she kind of, then she kind of goes into her relationship with her like she said, she's also very close with her dad, but that she doesn't have a good relationship with her mom. And she talked about how, um, like she was unsure of her mom's feelings for her when she was young. And I know she talked about that in depth on Clayton's season. And I believe it was just that her mom, like, that's it. Like never, like, I can't remember the details, but she never made her feel love. Like it was always like not a mother daughter relationship and that, I wish I could remember the details of it, but it was very clear that she did not have a, a, a motherly love in her life anyway. So, um, that's, it's no surprise that she gives Nate the rose. I totally had chemistry. Um, and then they leave their table and they go into this like lobby area and then they just stop. So you can tell the producers like, okay, stop there and then just start fake dancing. I, there was no music or at least we didn't hear any music. Um, so then I'm wondering what, what, Hey, um, how about get those two country singers that sang for nobody and bring them here. So at least they can be dancing to something or somebody they're just dancing and no music in the lobby, which is kind of weird, but you know, I, I guess who needs music if you've got the chemistry and I, but that's what they did. Um, this segment ends. So then we start segment nine and it is now the cocktail party rose ceremony night. And the first scene we see is the, well, I don't know if it's the first scene, but we see the girls got out of the limo and you guessed it. They are, what is it? They're holding hands. They are holding hands again. Um, walk up to Jesse. Jesse asks how thing, how has things going been going so far as if he doesn't know. As if like he's shocked that they both had one-on-ones. Oh, you both had one-on-ones? He doesn't say that, but that's what he implies. Uh, so what's going on? Oh, you both had one. Oh, that's great. Boy, I, I was just, I was just back here doing nothing. Not doing nothing, except just wondering how this whole show is going to work. Um, I do like Jesse though. Gabby, um, ITMs that, or no, she has an ITM. She just tells Jesse that, that like, it, Rachel was going to say something. And then Gabby sort of like, got the first word in and said, cause he basically asked like, what are you going to do? Like, if you both like uh, the same guy and she, Gabby's like, well, I just feel like eventually there'll be like a natural split between the two of us and the guys who we like, but it's just too early for that, which, um, having her say that means that that is not going to happen. I'm guessing. And that there's not going to be a natural split. Um, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there will be, but as many times as they're talking about overlap, 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 and oh yeah, it'll eventually happen. And we see guys choosing Gabby over Rachel, Rachel over Gabby. We know that it's going to be, the power is going to be in the man's hands. So then Rachel wonders if maybe the guys don't like her and if this whole process just isn't going to work out for her. 
And um, they come in, talk to the guys. Mario um, steals Rachel first. And he like teases that he's going to do these exercises with her. And he has her like turn around. But then what he does is he picks her up in his arms and he like does squats and like does all this, like these exercise things with her in his arms. And, and, and cleverly, and just by coincidence, I'm totally sure the producers didn't set this up at all. They have Gabby literally sitting like 30 feet away talking to another guy and they show her, and again, this could totally, totally be taken out of context. And it probably is. But what they show is Gabby talking to this guy. They, they show, so they show sort of like an outline of Rachel and Mario doing this thing. And it's like, it's not the far away at all. And the camera like shows like a distant shot of Gabby sitting, talking to this other guy. And, um... Then they show Gabby talking to him. And again, this could be like three nights later, but they show her and they show her kind of glancing over and looking at, you know, what they're doing. And they want you to believe that she's like, oh, I'm talking to this guy, but oh my gosh, look at Mario is over there with Rachel. And remember Mario got her first impression rose and Rachel talks about this. And she's like, but I'm, I'm unsure of how to navigate this because Rachel, um, Gabby gave Mario her first impression rose, but you know, I just have to want to see how I like him. And Mario saying the same thing. So the making it look like just that one glance over was Gabby being like, oh my gosh, look at them together. Even though I'm in this conversation, look at that. It literally was for like a second. And it literally could have been because Rachel was like fucking laughing her ass off again. And she was probably glancing over there like, oh my God, I can't even hear my conversation because Rachel is laughing so much. I, actually, that's what happened, I bet. And so, but that's how it was edited. So now we think that she's jealous of that, but. Okay. But, um, so another side note, yes, Rachel laughed, laughed her ass off the whole time he was doing that. Not, oh God, she makes me cringe. And, and so along with the cringe factor was also then after the Mario thing, she plays basketball. I don't forget the guy's name she played basketball with. I don't know. But the whole time again, she's just so giggly and she's like, and she was like, <laughs> and like she pushes up against him and then shoots another basket. <laughs> I, like, I feel like she has no depth. Like the first time she showed depth is when she was kind of mad at Chris at the end here. But like, I feel like all she does is laugh and giggle. And I don't know. I don't know. I hate to say I don't like her. It's not that I don't like her. I just like Gabby a lot better. Uh, so then we get Gabby talking to Eric and he's the mullet guy who had, who was kind of pissed that she gave the rose to Mario, but they're like literally laying on the ground on these blankets. Um, Okay. And totally start making out and they're in the perfect position because they're like laying down. So then she's practically on top of him while they're making out. So go Eric. Um, then we get Quincy starting a conversation with some other guys about how he thinks they should call Chris out basically to the girls. No, Qu Quincy. Well, it turns out, I guess it kind of worked in his favor, except that there were several guys, including Ethan, that pointed out that because this whole thing happened, a bunch of guys didn't get time with Gabby and Rachel because all their time was spent chewing out Chris. Okay. So Quincy's the one that starts this and saying, I think we need to tell him because if someone was, someone didn't tell me something, I would be mad because they didn't tell me whatever. Um, but he does, or there was three of them that did. I was, he and 
Hayden, I think, and I don't know who the third one was. And, um, Rachel, they tell Rachel and Rachel's like, well, I need to go discuss this with Gabby. So end of segment nine, we cut to segment 10 and, um, the girls are talking about it and she tells, and she's, pr- she's pretty accurate in the quick description, the, you know, make a long story short version about how Chris said he, if he goes to the fantasy suites, he would, um, and, and he had like the last date and he learned that they had like been intimate. I'll use the appropriate terminology, been intimate with the other ones that he wouldn't, he would leave and he wouldn't tell them why. And so they were like, but I think we need to give Chris a chance to explain. So the girls sort of walk through the house in dramatic fashion. They, they film it. I mean, they didn't walk through the house in dramatic fashion. They just walk through the house to find them. But of course it's all filmed. So they make it seem like with the music behind it, excuse me, that it's in dramatic fashion. So they pull him to the side and she just, immediately just and again, maybe there was a lead up to this, but what we see is her immediately. The first thing she says is, so you feel it's appropriate to talk about fantasy suites this early. <laughs> Which I was like, well, you might as well get to the point. I, I thought that was great. Um, but they go at him pretty good. And he, you know, tries to defend himself and tries to explain like that. That's, that's, I don't even remember how he tried to angle it. That, that, that was just his choice. Like that's his choice. If he learns that, I guess basically it's kind of what Susie said. It's not unlike what Susie said. Like what her point was, is that if you, like, if I'm the one, like if you actually know when there's three people left and y'all go to the fantasy suites, but you in your heart know that I'm the one, then why are you sleeping with those other two girls? Which I respect. And actually Nick Vile, um, sort of validates this because on his season he knew it was Vanessa and very often the leads say that they know shortly in who they really have the most chemistry with and who they are going to choose. But Nick knew like the whole show. They also talk about Jojo knew that Jordan was the one like the whole Caitlin knew Sean was like so many do, but anyway, Nick didn't sleep with the other two because he knew it was Vanessa. And that was just like this respect thing he had for Vanessa to not sleep with the other two girls. So in a way I get where Susie's coming from. They set her up because I knew she felt that way, but that's, I think what Chris was trying to say is that it, I don't know that it's right. He shouldn't tell them that that part I don't agree with, but I think that's what he was trying to say is look, I like, if you really think I'm the one at the end, then why are you sleeping with the other people? So it's kind of a valid point, but, um, but maybe if they don't know, they need to sleep with them at whatever. So either way, he tries to explain himself and they're like, no, they don't, they're not listening. They're, or they're not there. It's too much. It's too late. Not enough too late, not enough. And they're like, no, you can leave. Um, so he, they, they like walk him out and then he's like, okay, now, so what happens now? Where do I go? <laughs> Which I thought was super like idiotic and condescending. It was, they called them condescending and that really was. And so they're like, yeah, you just walk down that sidewalk. So then they turn to each other and Rachel says to Gabby, you handle that beautifully. And Gabby was like, no, you handled that beautifully. <laughs> I was like, oh, stop with the best friend things. We get it. You're we're portraying best friends. We get it. Okay, just stop. But anyway, then they show um Chris and he stops. Like he's walking out, but then he after the girls back in, go back in, he stops and he comes back in. We get another Ethan line and he says, 
he came back and then gives great facial play. We get good, great facial play by Ethan. Um, and he goes, Chris goes and looks for the guys that, you know, he thinks tattled on him and he gets them all together and started to talk to them. Well, apparently, obviously the producers I'm sure were like, Hey girls, he's back. So they, are, then we get real dramatic scene cause we get cameras, we get a couple camera people in there. We get, you know, get some of the crew. So we break that fourth wall or we break the third wall or whatever wall that is. And we see the cameras and the girls come up and they're like, okay, we told you that you should leave and we meant it. So you need to leave or something to that effect. So he's like, okay. And, um, so he leaves. So, um, of course this whole thing then is that all the guys are sitting there together, um, waiting for the ding, 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 like it's time for the rose ceremony. And this is where Ethan points out that he didn't get that much time or it took time away from the other guys getting to talk to them, this whole thing. And it's an excellent point because it did. Okay. End of segment 10, cut to segment 11. And we have our first actual rose ceremony. Let me make sure I'm okay on time. Oh shit. Okay. Sorry. Um, I'm going to go ahead and like stop this segment. I only have a few minutes left, but I'm afraid I won't make it. So I'm going to be right back. Okay. I'm back for just a few minutes here. Okay. So we're at the last segment ceremony, first race ceremony, <laughs> rose ceremony, and it's 27 guys. And, um, Jesse comes out and he says that the girls, not the producers, everybody, the girls decided that the roses, um, given out tonight are chosen by both of them jointly. So this was totally the girls. They are running this entire show. Everything that's happening is up to the girls. Okay. So, um, in, including the producer, like telling Rachel, it's okay. You can go ahead and kick them off. <laughs> um, so Jesse says the girls decide that, okay. So the roses apparently like, I, I'm guessing that that means because then it's a little confusing, I guess not really, but they like switch off. Gabby gives one to this, then Rachel, then Gabby, then Rachel, then Gabby, then Rachel. So you wonder if it's like, okay, I would like to give one to Ethan and Rachel's like, yeah, we can keep him. That's okay. So let's, that's our joint decision. Or if they're both like, okay, let's write down all the guys that we, we want to keep and let's match them up and see how good they match. You know what I mean? That's the kind of scene stuff I want to see. Okay. So, uh, Rachel, they both give their little speeches. Rachel's is very, very predictable. She uses the word amazing, uh, journey uses a, an incredible night. And we, in the end have to follow our hearts. <laughs> we have never heard those phrases before ever. It's incredibly amazing. And it's, you know, it makes my heart. Yeah warm. So, um, and then J Gabby confirms that this was chosen by both of them, these men. Okay. So we're giving out, oh, I didn't even count. There's quite a few that were, and I don't even know the guys that were cut, but this is, um, who we got. First one is Gabby gives it to Jason. Then we have Rachel gives it to Avon. Then Gabby gives one to Eric. Rachel gives one to Zach. Gabby gives one to Jordan. Rachel gives one to Quincy. Gabby gives one to Michael. Rachel gives one to Tino. And I asked that because Rachel likes Tino. 
you know? Okay. So Gabby gives one to Jacob. Rachel gives one to Tyler. Gabby gives one to Jermaine. Rachel gives one to Hayden. Gabby gives one to Meatball. Rachel gives one to Kurt. Kurt? Kirk. Whatever. At this point, I'm like, um, Ethan, we're running out of roses here. Um, Gabby gives one to Spencer. Rachel gives one to Alec. There's only two roses left. But Gabby gives one to Ethan, which I was very happy about. I don't know if that means that they're going to be the ones that are together. If he likes her, she likes him, whatever. But I was very happy it was Gabby that gave it to Ethan. Then the very last rose was drum roll, Rachel to Mario. Um, another question I want to ask, yes, ask Ethan if I get to interview him, is because I noticed it a couple times tonight. If you remember, will remember on Clayton's season, Clayton very distinctly would look down like his neck would go down about as far as it could go down before he gave each rose, literally before each rose. So my conspiracy theory is that the names of the people are somehow like written or taped into a petal on the rose. And because at this early, I still feel like that could be very confusing. So like the names. So I think when they pick up a rose, it's like the name, you know, like whatever, Michael. And then they, they kind of just look at the rose, like they're looking at the rose, but they're reading the name. That's my theory. I'm going to ask that question because I saw Rachel do it for sure. And I kind of felt like Gabby did it a couple times too. Yep. So that was it. We, um, those are the people to get the roses. So that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 roses that gave away plus, um, plus, uh, wait, how many other ones did we give three? Then we have three other ones. So 18, 19, 20, 21, we had 27. So six guys went home. I think that's the right math. I hope. Um, I don't, the guys that went home, I don't know their names necessarily, but, um, but that's it. That was the second episode. And, um, the previews were just kind of like more of what we've already seen. Um, lots of kissing, lots of crying. Um, I, man, I am feeling sorry for these girls because it seems like, I don't know if those were all previews for the next show or if it was like extending out, but already they're crying. I feel like these producers are destroying them that they are wishing already they hadn't been on the show. I, oh goodness, I'm not sure that they're paid enough money to do this. <laughs> I think their mental health suffers. So, ah, oh, God love them. But, uh, man, I hope they get lots of Instagram followers and it's all worth it. Um, and then we, cause Rachel actually says like the very last line is her says, I'm literally quitting, which I think is incorrectly used because if she's literally quitting, that means the show would be over or it would be Gabby only as the bachelorette um, by the show after that. So I don't think she's literally quitting, but I bet she meant to say, I feel like quitting use, use your words. Um, then the tag at the end was meatball serving Rachel and Gabby spaghetti and meatballs. And then they took a noodle and we're going to do like the kissing thing with the dogs, or at least meatball wanted them to, and they didn't. And that was the end. So again, thank you everybody for listening. I should be back next Monday right away with the next episode. Um, um, I'm, I'm, I guess overall I'm liking it. 
I just wish that it just feel like it's very produced and that the girls are being told a lot what like what narrative to to like have you know with like the overlap and like um and feeling conflict and when they're ITMing a lot with like I don't know I it just seems like a lot of the words are not not their own maybe uh you know but it's the show and we love it and we love that we get to make fun of the producing and then we love that we're being transparent with it that's what i love about it um so i always end with a bible verse and this week's bible verse is galatians 5 verse 22 to 23 and it is but the holy spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control so thanks everybody for listening go rate review subscribe all those things help me out uh tell somebody else to listen spread the word um I like doing what I do, so I'd love y'all to share it with me. Um, but that's that, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.